Welcome everyone to another episode of Elbows Tight Podcast. It's your host, Travis and John. John, how was that? It was great, man. It was nice talking to Jordan again. You know, he's uh, always interesting to talk to. He's always got some good advice. I like listening to him. Yeah, today we have Jordan Pressinger from Jordan Teaches Jiu-Jitsu on for the second time, almost exactly one year apart from the first time he's on the show. But this is the third attempt to try to, or the second attempt to getting him on a second time. The last time we did it, there was a whole bunch of, like his internet wouldn't like let him record or it was it was weird so but this was a phenomenal conversation we yep. talk about goal setting today if you can't tell by the title uh today's all about setting goals and how to achieve goals and put things into place to help you do that and the conversation is um great like i mentioned the we mentioned this jordan after we got done recording is the the thing that i like the most about what jordan has to say is it's not typically what you're going to hear when it comes to people talking about goal setting, because Jordan's very uh, open about how he has a hard time setting goals and he has a hard time putting, putting micro goals into he in, into place. He mentions, you know, micro macro goals mm-hmm. like we do, but he's very open and forthcoming about how it's hard for him to do it. You know? Yeah. I thought it was a great conversation. Um, and I think people that are going to listen to this, um, I think a goal might be what we consider a goal is going to be, different for everyone maybe yeah. on how they interpret it and i think it's just they'll get a lot out of this yeah it's it's good um i'm sure you guys guys are going to enjoy it um let us know what you, what you do to set goals or how you accomplish them and whatnot and what was your biggest takeaway dm us on instagram put it down in the comments below on youtube let us know how you guys achieve this stuff once again this is this is a, a great great conversation and thank you jordan so much for coming on again uh we we, we poke fun at uh what john and i said about our number one about you know the first 30 minutes of his i said 15 minutes jordan or john said 30 minutes i'm a but, slow thinker <laughs> but you know how is is uh it was completely different this time like fluid the entire way through we know who jordan is we're you know we're close friends now and whatnot so it's the camaraderie and the the what, what's the word i'm looking for the the chemistry between us three is is a lot better now. So that's what happens when you become friends with people and you talk to them multiple times. <laughs> so that's true. Let us know what you guys think down in the comments below. Uh, and yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy it. Peace. Three, two, one. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code ETP20 for 20% off plus free shipping. Let us have a toast for a new year, new you, and a new you without the pubes. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing up yourself in 2023. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest parts of your body and are the biggest boost to your confidence in the new year. Been using Manscaped, Crop Preserver, and Ball Deodorant for the last year, just about every class I go to jiu-jitsu. It's phenomenal. Absolutely love it. Couldn't recommend it enough. If you really want to make 2023 the year to remember, make sure you try out Manscaped's wet goods as well. This includes their ultra premium body wash, two-in-one shampoo, and body deodorant. I love that stuff. Like, I can't get enough of it. I really like the body wash. I love the shampoo. It smells great. And Cheers, cheers to, to new balls, balls in 2023. 2023. 
Get 20% off and free shipping with code ETP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com using code ETP20. Time to feel sexy and free in 2023 with Manscaped. Jordan Pressinger, our number one episode of 2022 and now you're the number one episode of 2023 oh i'm saying like yeah. like you're the for first episode of 2022 <laughs> i'll be number one for a little bit so i'll be happy with that well, i kept my streak going today, the Jordan? whole year last year so yeah i'm doing you pretty did. good you know yeah so i gotta keep that streak going again because i mean now the pressure's on because i was the number one podcast episode for you guys last year and then i feel like i got to surpass that this year and be number one again if not and even even more views this time so i'll yeah. try my best but yeah it's out of my control yeah well, some i mean ways, i don't know we'll see i mean people loved our conversation and even on youtube it's it's our by far our number one views on youtube for a podcast episode and so i was thinking i was like man we got to get jordan back on like we had such a great conversation and like uh i mentioned before we started like actually talking uh you know we became really good friends afterwards so now i feel like the the chemistry and the camaraderie of of having you back on the show again would be like you know one of my best friends in real life actually talking with them so man i'm super excited to have this conversation today yeah i'm super excited too because normally we just talk through like instagram so it's nice to actually you know be able to talk to you in real life well somewhat real life again so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i mean this time too like the, the for last time i did the podcast it was only my second podcast ever and uh i was super nervous but i'm super nervous this time too like i'm always nervous so i'm just hoping i don't say anything too dumb within the first half hour or so like, you I'm hide it well that. man you seem yeah, really I mean, chill you hide it well yeah thank you i mean i think <laughs> I, I think when i'm competing too i think i hide it well people don't realize yeah. how like uh actually ner nervous i am but I think in general, people don't realize how nervous of a person I am. I'm just like always nervous. And uh, yeah, it makes like doing stuff like this difficult, but uh, you just got to do it anyways, right? That's what bravery is, being scared to do something and doing it anyways. So that's that's right. So I'm trying my best. So yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, today's topic that I want to discuss, and we've all kind of talked about it once again beforehand, is, is goal setting. Recently, uh, you achieved the goal of getting your... 100,000 subscribers on YouTube. You got your first degree uh, promotion on your black belt. You know, father, YouTuber, entrepreneur, successful in, you know, pretty much every endeavor that you do. And I would love to pick your brain today on how you set goals and what you do to accomplish them. That way, people at home, because we, we often talk about goal setting in our podcast, right, John? And so, it would be great to hear from someone that is obviously more successful than us in, in almost every endeavor that <laughs> they put themselves in uh, and how you approach approach goal setting. So that's kind of what I want to cover today. So in order to get straight into it, let's let's just kind of go in your jujitsu journey on when did you first actually start implementing goals into uh, making your journey go where you want it to? Yeah, so I would say like day one, I had the goal of just being the best and never being beaten. That's just like my mentality. And um, I think that's an important mentality if you want to be a competitor and uh, take it jiu-jitsu very seriously in that way. If you're like recreational, I think that's a too much of a, a grand kind of uh, goal to have is just to never be tapped and just to smash everyone. But, you know, that was my goal. And whether you attain it or not, it's like at least you're going to get to a high level trying to get there. So I think that's... Um, you know different goals for different people so definitely a competitor they should you know try to be the absolute best and not make excuses for themselves like i think sometimes people they kind of uh, have like self-doubt and don't have great um, confidence for whatever reason but you need to you know just 
you need to give yourself proof so you have a reason to be confident. So you need to actually put in the work to get good at jujitsu, which will have like a snowball effect. Okay, now I'm good at jujitsu or somewhat good. And, you know, I'm doing better and better and better. And as you go along and building up new goals as you go. So I think it's good to have like a macro goal, which is like, you know, very simple to get good at jujitsu. And then you have to have micro goals too. So it's like, um, you know, certain positions, um, well, every position really you want to have some attacks from, and then, you know, it depends where you are in your jiu-jitsu journey. Like if you're a beginner, like a good goal, just like, a, for example, it'd be like, learn how to pass half guard, but not just like, you know, not just learn how to pass, but truly understand it. So like, for example, you need to get your knee out first and then you get your ankle out after. And it's a two-step process that way. And when you break it down that way, it's so much easier to do. And you know, the grips you need to, to actually do it are the cross face and the underhook. And then if you get those grips first, so those are like, you know, you need to like be able to break down these kind of positions and have goals to become proficient in them. I think it's really important. And, um, you know, that's like my mentality when it comes to like, you know, jiu-jitsu technique, I guess, is like have a macro goal and have like micro goals. But then like, you know, with everything in life, it's like um, you need to have a goal for like what's going to happen. Well, I, at least I think everything in life, it's like you need to have like a plan and a goal for what you want to happen, but you also need to like understand what's going to happen if you don't implement these things. So like, if it's like, if I don't mm. put in the effort to do, to be here, to, to get where I want to be, where am I going to be? And in most cases for people, it's going to be uh, mediocre at jujitsu or quit jujitsu entirely. So, um, you know, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's important to understand where you're going to be if you put in the work and where you're going to be if you don't put in the work. So like for you guys, like what are your guys' goals like uh, going into 2023 when it comes to the, because I'm curious when it comes to your jujitsu and when it comes to your podcast. So for mine, for my jujitsu, as we talked about it kind of like on our last episode too, is I kind of, um, I want to get better at inverting. I'm a little bit of a bigger guy. So I feel like if I were to, I've seen other bigger guys like me learn to invert and use it for like guard retention and stuff like that. Like my guard retention is dog wash it's like horrible absolutely horrible right and uh so i would like to learn how to invert and implement that into my game and be more proficient at it and i know once again that's like a macro goal it's like well how do i do that well i know personally i still can't get my toes to uh, comfortably touch the ground when i'm like on my shoulders you know what i mean like i'm, I'm inverted so that's a first micro goal is working on that flexibility and that mobility to be able to sit there comfortably to where if i do get stacked or i do invert and there's a little bit of pressure i'm not freaking out like oh my god this is so uncomfortable so that's like my macro goal is implementing inversion more into my game for for jujitsu yeah i think that's smart because you know that's the goal to have is to get better at inverting and then you gotta think on the flip side what's going to happen if you don't get better at inverting i mean your jujitsu is not going to progress as much your yeah. retention will you know not get it as good and also like i don't know if you're doing anything for mobility but if you don't do anything for mobility um you know then you start to have like problems with your body like your neck starts to hurt and your back yep. those sorts of issues so yeah i think it's really important to not neglect uh you know that aspect of it because it has so many benefits and so many negatives not to do so what about uh you john what, what, are, your, what are your goals well, mine's not near as uh, thorough as Travis's. I feel like <laughs> with that year pretty much off the mats, the biggest thing I want to get is just I want to be steady. I want to go – I want it to become routine again. I want to I want to fall into it where it was just two to three times a week without thinking about it. Right now I feel like that's the hardest part for me is, is just getting it back into a routine. It just started getting back into a routine. Yeah. And then, you know, we, got, we have a blizzard here. 
So they cancel it for pretty much a week and a half. So it's just like, it's just hard to keep that routine. And I know if I can keep the routine, my jujitsu will get better because then I'm putting in the time on the mat and I'm not away from it. So my biggest thing is I just want to hit it two to three times a week. That's an easy goal for me. I'll know if I'm going to pass or fail every week. So, I mean, that's really what I'm looking at. Yeah, and I mean, what happens if you don't uh, pursue that goal? I mean, you're probably, you likely might fall off from jujitsu yep. if you don't stay consistent, right? So that's why that goal is so important and to understand again, which is like the consequence of not following that goal. And I think that's a great goal because I have a very similar goal um, just because, you know, I haven't been as like consistent and motivated as much as I should be lately. I don't, I'm sure you guys uh, see my Preach. stuff on Instagram. Yeah, it's yeah. like half the time I'm like, <laughs> just like complaining about how whatever you know my mental state or whatever and other times i'm like super happy like oh i'm gonna like crush everything it's like so it's just <laughs> like yeah ups and downs but um just the way i am but um yeah i have that same kind of goal it's like i just want to get to a place where like you know i'm lifting twice a week i'm doing cardio twice a week you know every um training session i'm going to i'm really enjoying and uh want to be there the whole time not like forcing myself to go through the motions which is just like you know just the reality of doing something for 10 years it's like i'm still passionate about jujitsu but you know there's other factors in life that can sometimes impact that so um it's an i think it's important people understand you can go through lulls and stuff like that like ups and downs but you got to keep going just keep going anyways like yeah you just kind of not stop it's that's what's important because i'm not like thinking about stopping or anything but it's like um you know i want to I want to get that motivation and that uh, that hunger and that desire that I've had for like so long. I want to get that back. It's just, it's hard when you have so many things going on in your life. I'm sure you guys know, you guys have kids and, you know, jobs and everything like that. So it's, uh, yeah, it can be tough to, uh, you know, stay committed to something as demanding as jujitsu for sure. And what about the podcast? Like, you know, I'm, do you guys just have like a general goal of just like grow it? Or do you have like, you know, specific type of goals where you want to be at the end of 2023? John, what do we have goals for a podcast? I think... <laughs> I think for one, uh, Travis would like a full-time editor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, that'd be nice. I mean, Travis does the majority of the work for this podcast. Um, I think it would be nice for him to, you know, have that full-time editor. That'd be super um, nice. Take some, some pressure off. Like I said, we both got kids. I get it. And um, Travis's kids are way younger than mine, so I know that's a handful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, having I, an editor I, really helps. Yeah, man. I Well, uh, Ben... You know, shout out to Ben. He edits for both of us. Actually, a couple, a couple YouTube channels now. Um, and he he started editing like uh, YouTube chat or YouTube videos for me outside of the podcast, just like YouTube clips that are like a little bit more YouTube friendly with like B roll and stuff like that. And uh, our collaboration has been great. Like, I'm super happy that I I've hired him to to come do this, and it, it does push more content out for people, and it's great. Um, and I would love to be able to hire him full time. And I know what I need to do that because I can't pay out of pocket to have him. Um, my wife would kill me. You know what I mean? Like I can't, I can't afford to do that. So I would need to double my revenue, maybe, maybe two and a half X our revenue for the podcast to, uh, to be able to hire him full time. And then, so that means that we would have to, push more for sponsorships and stuff like that. And then also I would love to double the downloads by the end of the year and what we're getting now, which I totally think is plausible because we'll, we'll be doing weekly episodes every, every, every month now. Cause that was a big thing is we we're only doing bi-weekly episodes. So now for the rest of the, for this whole year, one goal is to release one every week 
and pick up um, more sponsors in order to increase revenue. To first thing is to hire editor to where I could just, I could just start outsourcing. Like we just talked about the other day. What was the what was the the saying that you you heard that you're you talking about the poor middle class and yeah, rich? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so this just hit me. They were talking about um the the mindset for um uh, like they said they call it a poor class, and that's someone that's just trying to have the money to buy the things they need like day to day. And then they were talking about middle class and they were like, that's people that they want to have really good credit so they can afford to finance the things that they can't afford to buy. <laughs> and then they were like, and they were talking about the rich class and what they do is they try to, t they, when they get that money, they think about how they can use that money to make more money. Right. Exactly. And I was thinking, man, you know, like I, for some reason when he was talking about, it, I was like, oh, that was a good way to think about it. Yeah. So like right now, any of the money that we get for the podcast is just going right back into the podcast. Yep. It's not like we're doing anything with it other than it's just going right back into the podcast. I mean, that's the way to do it. That's the way I've always done too with the channel. It's always just reinvesting money back into it. Like the podcast for me, my talk to Zoo podcast, that cost me money every single episode because I have been edited yeah. because I don't have time to do it. And it's really like, you know, it sucks like paying like a couple hundred dollars every single episode and not making any money from it. So right. yeah, it's definitely a frustration, but I think that's the right mentality is to like, you know, just understands kind of like investment now and, uh, you know, to put, always put money back into the business. And, um, yeah, you know, I, it's really cool too, to see like Ben editing for other YouTubers. Like he's doing like yeah. Tyler Spangler and uh, Kieran too. He's doing some stuff for Kieran. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's great for the community to, like, um, benefit so much from, uh, yeah, someone like Ben that has such great editing and animations. So, yeah, um, I forgot where I was going with this, but, yeah, sorry. So what are your goals for, for 2023 for your business, your YouTube channel, your podcast, all that stuff? What are, you, what are your goals? Yeah, I guess my goals are just to grow because... Like, you know, when I, like a couple of years ago, I told my accountant that I'm going to be a millionaire but and, and uh, retire by the time I'm 35. So I only have three years left to do that because my, my accountant, <laughs> yeah, she laughed at me. She thought that was impossible. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to do it. Like, believe me. And so, but um, yeah, I'm not even close to there yet. So I got three years <laughs> to make up the time. So, you know, I've kind of thought of like my 20s as like learning the skills I need to make money. And then my 30s is when I'm going to actually make the money. So um, every year, I guess, even now, like 2023 might be another like growing and learning year. I'm not sure. Or might be like more execution where I am making more money from it. But uh, whether it is or not, 2024, 2025, you know, all these, all the work I'm putting in now is going to pay off more and more then. So, yeah, you know, like sometimes I get too like uh, grandiose in my thinking and my talking at times too. Like I was on the BJJ Mental Mo Models, uh, BJJ Mental Models podcast, and afterwards, I you know I messaged him. I was like, um, "Can you take out like a lot of the stuff I said in the beginning? It's like I got a little too crazy talking about wanting to be a millionaire and stuff like that." And so, but um, you know, that's what I want because that's a really important goal for me because, like. I don't have a pension or, and I don't have anything like that lined up because I'm an entrepreneur. Right. So I need to, it's like do or die. It's either I make wealth now in my, um, my thirties or I have nowhere to retire and, uh, live when I'm older. Right. So this is like super crucial. And because again, like this is what I do to make money. It's like teach jujitsu. So, you know, I really treat the YouTube channel as a business and we re always reinvesting money back into it. But, um, I would say there's no specific goals. It's more like, um, I just got, yeah, yeah. Well, other than being, being a millionaire, but like that's going <laughs> to take time. And, you know, I think I'm going to need to transition from the YouTube channel to something else. Uh, 
to actually get that uh, large amount of money. But, you know, that's something I got to keep working on and figuring out just because jujitsu is like a smaller niche where like MMA, for example, which I'm also passionate about. It gets like 10 times the amount of views on YouTube. So it's like something I think about, like, can I make more money doing that, which I'm also passionate about and um, or just stick with jujitsu, which I'm, again, passionate about, too. So, you know, for me, I'm just having a hard time figuring out like what specifically my goals are. just because there's so many different uh, directions I could go, you know, and then it comes to like, because there's so many things I want to do too, you know, like I, w- I would like to like make like a documentary, you know, I'd like to start playing music more and kind of like uh, exploring that path of like um, creating stuff that way. So yeah, you know, for me, I have a hard time figuring out exactly what I want to do, but I just want to keep growing the YouTube channel. You know, I want to be number one on YouTube and I want everyone else to want that goal too. And we all compete against each other in a friendly way to get better you know because i kind of view like um youtube channels and all this stuff similar to like a gym where it's like you know you're competing against each other in one sense but you're also helping each other and growing together like i think if there's no there's zero competition within the gym it's like it can be a little hard to grow that you want to like you know do a little better each time against whoever it is and you know you want to grow that way but you also want them to get better too so i kind of view it the same way i want everyone on youtube to every channel to do well share tips with them we all share tips with each other but we're all trying to beat each other and become number one yeah and, uh, but yeah again sharing that information and growing together so yeah you know i just got to keep working um to get there but that's my goal you know everything i do i want to be number one i want to be the best so i got to keep working to get there but that's what i'm doing i've been a lot more motivated lately and uh yeah, you know, actually, like, I think just in general, my channel has, like, uh, I'm really learning now to make good videos, and it just took me, like, a year and a half, but, like, now you'll see, like, the everything get a lot better, like, the production value, the delivery, the pacing, everything is just getting better and better and better, so, yeah, I just gotta stay on that track, keep improving every single area, and, because um, that's my mentality, too, it's, like, I need to be the best in every single area within, like, um, what people will consider important um, for like a YouTube channel, right? So always trying to improve, always very self-critical and uh, yeah, looking forward to, um, you know, always reaching the next steps. So what do you do to implement or track your your progression in, you know, in growing, you know what I mean? Like you're talking about like, does he write it down? Yeah, do you, do yeah. you journal? You got a spreadsheet you built? How, how do you track <laughs> it? What is, what is the, what is it? quantitative uh factors behind how you know you're growing or not yeah you know i wish i was like one of those people that was more organized and like you know did stuff like that i have a journal i wrote i've written in it twice this year which i meant to do like every single day of the year but um yeah 2023 goals yeah exactly i'll start writing in it you know maybe three times a year in uh, 2023 (laughs) i'll uh i'll up it a little bit at least but no like uh you know i've never really been one to like write down my goals just because like my macro goals are so like clear where it's like um i just want to do well in life and and just uh you know just always keep working towards the next step but like that's my macro goal but again it's like i have a hard time figuring out my micro goals but you know i think for people you know listening that want to improve like their goal setting and stuff like that is is to definitely like figure out what their goal is that's the hardest part you know it's hard to figure out what direction you want to go in life or jujitsu what you want to do but yeah writing it down can definitely um can definitely help but um yeah for someone like me i'm like super unorganized super uh i wing everything and uh yeah, that's I kind of just wing I wing my goals and wing wing life, you know, just because like, you know, for me at least, I just I just think I it's just like the journey, I guess, is just like fun to try to figure it all out. Yeah. And uh yeah, I don't know. I have a hard time like with organization for sure. 
Yeah, but that doesn't mean that you can't achieve like your goals, like you mentioned. You know, you just have to know what works for you. For some people, it's not it's not writing them down or journaling or something like that. But the biggest part, and I think where people can gain from what you just said, is the the introspective look at how you can achieve your goals. Not not going by what everyone else says you have to do in order to do it. Like some people need to journal. Some people need to know exactly a step-by-step process. My wife, she needs to know the who, what, when, where, and why, and how in every situation or order for her to achieve it. And that's okay. That's I'm not I, I'm not that way. I'm more like you. I, I know what my macro goal is and finding my mac, uh my micro goal is a little bit difficult for me sometimes, but I I know when I can see something that will affect me moving in the direct direction for my macro goal. You know what I mean? Like I'm not I'm not like off in the woods like, oh man I don't know what I'm doing here. Like this doesn't look like this is going to help me. No, I can I can recognize pretty quickly. Like, hey, this isn't this isn't conducive to what I want to accomplish. So I'm going to go ahead and just stop doing that. You know what I mean? So understanding what works for you is probably the biggest thing. So maybe you know, since we're talking about goals, uh, know what will derail you from your goal. Yeah. So for me, like I want to I want to make it to the classes. Right. I know that if I eat a bunch of crap food. <laughs> then uh, I'm going to feel like crap and I'm really not going to want to go. Right. So some of those things, like just knowing what will cause you to fail or what will derail you. Like if you're, if you want to grow the podcast, you know, have like-minded friends that yep. are into the same thing, hang out with the same crowd, be with people that'll elevate you. Uh, if you're working on diet, you probably don't want to hang out with the people that want to hit up Mickey D's every day and pizza. You know what I mean? Ice cream, try to hang out in those circles that'll help you achieve the goal too. So what, how do you look at your goals when when you – do you take the similar path of you have the like-minded people around you, you tell people what your goals are, or how do you how do you build an environment in order to achieve these? Yeah, you know, one thing I do, which um, I probably shouldn't do and most people don't do, but I always like um, – announce like grandiose goals so i'll be like yeah, i'm gonna do this this and this and then it's like oh shit now i gotta actually do that you know because <laughs> I, you know, I said i'm gonna do it so i think that's actually one thing helps um but everyone's so different sometimes people they have a hard time you know you know it's good for them not to tell people goals because then they feel like you know they'll let them down if they don't reach them but um you know everyone's motivated so differently so i'm kind of motivated by it's like oh shit i don't want to look like a fool you know so i gotta like do these things i said i'm gonna do which is why I try to be more careful now of what I say I'm going to do because, um, you know, I get sometimes really grandiose thinking, like I said earlier, and then I start saying, I'm going to do this, this, and this. It's like, oh, shit, again, like, now i got to do that. But I think one thing that's important, too, like if you don't have a – if you can't figure out your micro goals and the specific things you want to work towards, it's just like just try to grow and improve your um, – in, in in every area you can while you're while you're waiting to figure out your goals so i kind of saw this from uh, like a jonah hill he's got this like cool like documentary on netflix like, with this um with this uh psychiatrist or whatever and he was kind of he was saying something very similar if you don't know your direction or or you know how to get out of like the funk you're in well instead just work on improving your relationships and you know and like your in your business or whatever like every aspect that you can just try to improve everything so you know, that's what I'm trying to do right now. It's like, I don't really know fully well, again, what my micro goals are. So it's like, okay, that's okay. I'll just um, keep improving. You know, I'll keep making good YouTube, uh, YouTube videos. And I'll keep making uh, shorts and verticals and stuff like that for Instagram. And then as I kind of, 
you know, as I'm doing everything, I'll it'll be more clear what my goal is, more opportunities will kind of open up. And uh, that's one thing that's important too, is like, you know, just to do things just for the, the opportunity, opportunities that kind of come with them. So like, you know, anytime you do something, uh, for the most part, you meet new people or you create new connections with people that you might not have had otherwise, you network and, you know, you just like, you can use all that. So you can use your experiences and all this stuff just to, to do more. So yeah, I think if someone's not sure what their goals are, just like do things anyways, just, um, you know, don't do nothing, which, um, sometimes I run into too. It's like, I start, to, I just like crash where I'm just like working so hard for a while. It's like, okay, I just crash. I don't do anything for a while. So that's something, um, I'm getting better at not doing that. And just, again, just like staying focused. Okay. Don't know what my focus is, but at least I'll stay focused on, um, you know, just creating and, and doing good things. So yeah, so I'm trying to do my YouTube channel right now. Uh, it's, it's just like put out like, um, good information because I think for a while too, like, um, I was really focusing too much on like, what's going to do well for views and stuff like that. And it kind of got away from what my original purpose was, which was, um, just, teach people jujitsu to make it so much easier for them to learn. So I'm kind of going um, away from like even caring about views and just thinking as long as I have the best, uh, most informational videos, um, the rest will kind of work out. It was like, it'll just figure out itself. So yeah, that's my recommendation for anyone that is struggling with figuring out their goal is just to grow and do well in, in any, any, in any area that they can kind of figure out for sure. Do you feel that, um, people get like blue belt blues or they quit in their white belt days because they have kind of like you mentioned too grandiose, 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 grandiose. <laughs> I can't say it right. Uh, I try to be smart, but I sound stupid now, but the too big of goals <laughs> that they want to accomplish in that they, they can't put things into place to accomplish those. So they get demotivated and then, you know, they quit their in their jujitsu journey before they ever really get started. Do you ever feel like that's a, that, that could be a factor as well? I mean, that happens. But I think there's so many factors that go into, you know, blue belts uh, quitting. So maybe John can give us a better. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. No, I'm saying you're absolutely spot <laughs> on. <laughs> no, I'm no, I mean, your belt. <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. Like, uh, there's tons of factors. You got to figure I started at 39. I'm 45, right? I'm not getting more athletic. I'm not getting uh, younger, right? So everything gets harder for me as each year goes by. Uh, you know, that that's one thing. Um, most of the people we train with, you know, they're in their 20s. Like, they're getting better not only in jiu-jitsu, but they're like, they're in their prime, right? So it's not like I'm ever going to catch up to that. If anything, that's, I'm always going to, you know, I'm always getting behind at that. But really, part of that Blue Belt Blues was me just coming to the realization my jiu-jitsu is going to be different. I just need to have fun, you know, and uh, really getting back to enjoying it and having fun is what's making me want to go back. I was feeling just more pressure previously, right? You know, I'm like, oh, my God, I got a blue belt. You know, I got to do better. But then I'm like, fuck that. I'm getting older. <laughs> I just need to not break. No more surgeries and enjoy jujitsu. That's all. Well, I think that's an important uh, mentality change. And I think it's so true. It's like, you know, with jujitsu, one of the biggest cons of it is that um you know physicality matters so much and just reality once you get into your later 30s early 40s um your physicality is not you know what it once was it's just reality and 
it can be such a tough thing because, you know, technique should conquer all, but um, it doesn't. And physical limitations do matter 100%. And just like, you know, someone that's a little older, maybe like in their 40s, it just, you know, it's going to be very difficult for them to beat someone in their 20s that has equal amounts of training unless, um, you know, unless they're like on like TRT or something like that. That can definitely help. But um, yeah, that's just one of the problems with jujitsu. And you know, I don't know if it's like so much blue belts quit because like they don't meet their they don't they don't meet their graduate goals. It's a lot of it's just like um, you know, I think the main problem is also the problem with the belt system. It's like the belt system is not a great representation of skill. It's great for keeping people motivated, but it's also bad for keeping people motivated because you know once you get a blue belt purple belt seems so far away and then you're still getting beat up by white belts and and blue belts that are more experienced so it's like you start questioning your own ability where it's like you didn't really need to have that um if when you were just a white belt you were just kind of growing still so i think blue belt definitely is the hardest belt that way and um i'm not a huge fan of the belt system because yeah it's just it doesn't 100 make sense to me because i've rolled with many blue belts that are way better than some of the black belts i've rolled with i've rolled with some really yeah i've rolled some really black bad black belts and but i've rolled with some average black belts that are um again that good blue belts can beat up no problem and anyone that has been a good blue belt um knows the truth that uh the a good blue belt taps average black belts this is the truth. So like a competitive, like a world champion blue belt is going to kick the ass out of an average black belt. So not a lot of people really understand that. So, but, um, you know, that's the truth. And because of that, it's like, what's the point of the belts in that situation, you know, and it gets even worse, the purple belt Brown. So, you know, I think it's only for keeping people motivated, um, uh, which is great because I was, I was very excited about every single belt I got, um, you know, and that really helped me stay motivated. So I understand that, but I also talked to so many people too. It's like, you know, I feel like an imposter, you know, I have my, my brown belt, my purple, my blue, whatever it is. It's like, and I've got such a target on my back at these lower belts are trying to beat me up and it's not necessarily what they want. You know, most people just want to come and train, have fun, not necessarily have to defend their, their belt and, and, and the color of the belt every single time because some white belt, uh, you know, wants to feel better about themselves. So yeah, it's like, I don't love the belt system for that reason. And, um, I wonder if more people would stick with jujitsu or quit jujitsu without the belt system because again it's a, it can be a motivator or it can be a demotivator um in that sense where other other sports don't really have that it's like you train muay thai you just train to get better and everyone knows who the best or who who's better a better striker than who and it's just the way it is so um i don't think we need it in jujitsu but i guess that's a whole different kind of topic but um yeah you know it's i, I it's always sad seeing blue belts quit and just in the sense that like you know they loved it at one point um which which you know brought them to becoming a blue belt and then seeing them kind of fall out of love with it as you know kind of like the honeymoon period um kind of goes away and you realize how much work in you need to put in to truly become like proficient in jujitsu because blue belt is such like a beginner belt and um but yeah you know um yeah yeah i i kind of feel the same way i think having a goal of a belt is good and bad because i feel if you or even stripes because i feel if you focus on that too much when you start seeing your friends or someone else in their journey progressing faster than you or getting things that you feel that you deserve then that goal can become very toxic to your journey 
You know what I mean? That That's no longer a healthy goal. And you should probably reevaluate either the way you're looking at that goal or maybe just completely getting rid of it. You know what I mean? Because like you mentioned, John mentioned, I, I, I went through Blue Belt Blues and, uh, and it wasn't because I saw other people getting getting goals or getting stripes and um, belts that I thought I deserved. It's because I kind of lost why I was training. You know what I mean? It's like I was just showing up just to show up because I knew I, I needed to. You know, I can't have a podcast about jujitsu and not do jujitsu, right? So that was like the only motivating factor about going to jujitsu. <laughs> we used to say that all the time. Yeah. Like, we just weren't enjoying going. We just, I don't know what here. it was. I just, you know, John and I just didn't want to train. We just wanted like really nothing to do with it. And I think like John mentioned too, we both had this uh, coming a moment where we're like, why are we stressing so much about going? Like, this is supposed to be fun. Like, we just need to honestly like th- rethink what each class is. And now my goal for each class is to put myself in a bad position and then work out of it. And if I get tapped, I get tapped. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes you have to work on your weaknesses in order to have your strengths really get honed in. You know what I mean? Like you can't always avoid things that are difficult in your jujitsu journey because you want those short-term gains and those short-term achievements because in the long term, it's not going to be conducive to you being a better practitioner. Yeah. You know, I agree hundred percent. And I think what an issue is, which is like the same issue in so many areas of life and whatever, it's like people that are experienced, they kind of understand how it is. And then people that are inexperienced, they kind of don't believe the people that have, that are experienced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, uh, what, what's the, the Dunning Kruger effect, I guess. So I had that exact same, um, scenario, like as a lower belt, I thought I knew everything. I, you know, I, I cared a lot about getting the belts. I really wanted to get the next belt. You know, if someone else got promoted, you know, I would be kind of jealous and like, um, start thinking, well, why not get promoted? You know, I can beat them up, which is like such the wrong mentality and you know, horrible your mentality to have. Yeah. Really bad. And your instructors tell you that. And you're just like, uh, well, at least I did it's, it's, it's ignored it. It's like, no, I know better than you. So like, uh, <laughs> but you know, as I've gotten, uh, you know, more experienced, I've become such a wiser, um, jiu-jitsu practitioner like wiser and like bitter in some sense which is like uh not good either but it's like bitter in the sense where it's like okay i had like my um fun you know chasing the belts and whatever but it's like now i'm going to tell you not to so it's like you know it's just one of those things where it's like you know but it's because i know it's not smart to chase belts you want to chase skill but at the same time i think people kind of um over kind of uh make it they make a big deal out of like oh, this person just wants their belt or whatever, this or that. But it's like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that either. It's like, it does yeah. feel good to get a promotion. And it's like, you know, if it was like your job or whatever, you'd want to get promoted and uh, get, everything, get everything that comes with that. So I think it's, I don't think it's anything different in jiu-jitsu. I think people should be excited for promotions for sure. And But just like, you know, understand it's a skill that you're searching for, but the belt is nice too, for sure. What was your first goal that you accomplished in in life that really kind of motivated you to keep pursuing uh your journey um yeah you know um that's a good question uh support for elbows tight is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle the performance package join over 4 million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 
20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code ETP20 at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. That's a lot of balls, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) When Manscaped reached out to work with us, I instantly thought, yes, what a deal. I've been using Manscaped products for a while now. And when they mentioned helping out with the podcast, I, I thought it was a no-brainer. I have the Lawnmower 4.0 now, but I had the Lawnmower 3.0 and absolutely loved it. Also, most people think about Manscaped as tr- just trimmers, but really they have ball deodorant, ball toner, the weed whacker, which is your favorite thing, right, John? Yeah, I love the weed whacker. Look, I'm about to hit like 45 years old, so I got hair growing out of everywhere now. So it's coming out my ears. I'm like, man, where is that weed whacker? It's definitely my favorite. <laughs> Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ETP20 at Manscaped. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code ETP20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools to get the job done with Manscaped. I guess like my first like jujitsu kind of goal that I felt very, very good about was like um, when I was a blue belt. I wanted to win like an OJA tournament. Uh, I wanted to win like gold medal uh, for it because I won like some grappling industries. OJA is like Ontario Jiu-Jitsu Association. So they're just, they were a little bit bigger or more important than grappling industries at the time. Grappling industries is kind of like, um, you know, uh, grown since then, but still not like super prestigious. But yeah, you know, at Blue Belt, I'd won some like grappling industry gold medals, but like at the OJA tournaments, I'd only gotten like silver. It was like frustrating the shit out of me. I was like, why can't I get gold? And then, um, you know, one, um, one tournament I did, I won, I won a gold medal in my division. I was so happy. It's like, oh my God, you know, I can do this. I can be, because if you can be like a top blue belt, um, you can probably be do well at the other belts too. Like if you can win gold medals at blue belt. So I, okay, I, I won a gold medal, so that's good and everything, but now I'm doing the absolute division. And everyone was talking about these two guys that were like pretty big and uh, one got silver at Worlds at Blue Belts and one is just like a freak athlete, like former NFL player. And everyone thought that they were going to match up in, in the absolutes. But I was, but, I, but when I heard them talking about it, I was thinking, I'm going to spoil the party. You know, I'm going to be in there. <laughs> but like, I didn't like 100% believe it at that point. I, I was just like, you know, kind of just being grandiose in my head. I can do it, whatever. But then, you know. And then uh, my first match in the absolute, I had the one guy and uh, the guy who got silver at Worlds at Blue Belt. And then I beat him and I was like, holy shit, you know, I can do this. I can beat a world medalist so I can do the next match too. And then the next match was against a, a white belt. Uh, he's a blue belt, but he's a white belt gold medalist at Worlds. So I was like, this guy's gonna be pretty good. And then uh, I submit him in like a minute and a half. I'm like, holy shit, you know, and I'm in the finals. So, and then I was in the finals against this huge, uh, you know, uh, former football player. And, um, he just like throws me to the ground like right away, but then I take his back right away and then I choke him. It was, so it happened in like a minute and a half. I get up and some of my arms are up like, Oh my God, I actually did this. I just won. Not only did I win a gold medal, uh, in my division, but I also won my, the absolute division gold medal against uh, world level, um, opponents at the lower belts, but I was a lower belt too. Right. So, that was like a huge uh, moment for me. I was like, you know, everything I thought I could do, I know I can do now. So I know that, mm-hmm. you know, if they can win at the world stage, I can too. And again, if you do well at the lower belts of the worlds, you're probably gonna do decent at the higher belts. So I knew that I had a, a really good career ahead of me, um, you know, competition wise. But then, like, kind of my journey kind of just, uh, you know, it kind of went more towards teaching and stuff like that. It's like, competition doesn't really interest me nearly as much anymore. I just want to be a good teacher and enjoy my life. But, um, 
yeah, you know, like I said before, like for confidence, you kind of need to give yourself proof. So, you know, you start doing, have little accomplishments and they kind of build up and you kind of realize you can do so much more. So yeah, that was a really, uh, a good moment in my life that I'll never forget and never forget that feeling for sure. So how does, how does defeat affect your, your goals? Because we all know that when you achieve goals and you do good, it obviously motivates you more to, to keep accomplishing that. But how do you handle defeat when it comes to your goals? Yeah, you know, I uh, I don't handle defeat well at all. So like, um, you know, no one likes losing, especially in a sport that's so like physical and so one on one. It's like very primitive in the sense that like, you know, it's like fighting. It's the closest thing you can get to fighting without actually fighting. So and I think when it comes to men, especially, I think that that kind of like has like a, an effect on the ego. It's like, you know, I don't want anyone to ever beat me in a combat sport whatsoever it's like that's like that would definitely hurt my ego and that's just the truth i think a lot of people are in the same boat right but like i also acknowledge um you know because i have lost before 100 it's like um you just have to almost like feel the pain and just let it consume you and feel awful and let that motivate you because you never want to feel that again so i think that it's best not to be like oh it's fine i just lost not a big deal if you want to be one of the best in the world you shouldn't do that you should be like i'm going to do everything i can to never feel this feeling again because losing sucks so there's yeah there's definitely two ways you can approach that and um you know i that's that's kind of what i've always done like every just in the youtube channel too anytime i've, had, I've taken some l's you know because i have taken l's here and there of like things i could have done better or things like you know i, I should have done different just learn from it and uh one thing too people should understand it's like um it's okay to not be good at something and to fail um if you understand that you're going to be better at it so like you got to you got to do those things to get better so you know for example um i was like uh commentating uh super super fights uh you know a while ago and i didn't do a great job my first time but my second time i did a much better job but then the, the guy asked me you want to like do an interview like uh, after they're done i'm like i'm super nervous i can do a terrible job and I, <laughs> and I knew i was gonna do a terrible job i knew it i knew that i was gonna get super nervous and like just like start rambling and not being clear what i'm trying to say and that's exactly what happened but i knew that i needed to go through being bad at it before i can be good at it so now next time when i go to do it I'm going to be much more comfortable and it's going to be so much more of an improvement uh, than last time. And that is fine with me. So I think it's kind of funny, like, because, you know, when you are in like the public eye and stuff, you kind of get criticism. And uh, I haven't always dealt with that uh, well, but I am dealing with it a lot better now. But it's like these people criticizing should understand. It's like um, this is you're like you might be criticizing where I'm at right now, but it's like this is just part of the process to get better. So, you know, they don't have to be so freaking negative. And I'm not like, you know, you know, I don't know, I guess like complaining about those type of people more. So I'm just kind of showing it's like, um, yeah, it's just so okay to do poorly, even if people are kind of talk some shit about you. So like, especially like the lower belts, people should really, um, you know, not take losing too, too seriously at that, at that, at those, I think you should still, have like a high standard for yourself and want to do well and like you know accept having like using a loss to fuel you to to get motivated but at the same time you got to understand it's all it's all practice until you get to black belt but the winning your black belt it's not practice anymore so if someone beats you a black belt they're better than you and you need to accept that or you need to get better like right now so 
at the lower belts though it's like yeah just like don't worry about it because that loss you're crying about you're not going to care in like a couple of years from now it's like no big deal so yeah people got to get more used to taking l's and be okay with that and uh so they can get get more w's i'm totally comfortable taking my l's <laughs> <laughs> yeah I need to get Travis to compete, though, so I can go watch. That's yeah. what I want. I don't know, man. Maybe one day. Maybe I, want one to, I need day. that to be a goal for you in 2020. <laughs> well, <laughs> what stops I, you I, from competing? Well, well, yeah, to what, to what be honest, you? it's kind of uh, one, um, losing. I don't like losing either. So that's a big, big factor. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like this. I, I feel like if I were to compete and lose, I would be like exposed as, you know, not a blue belt because I lost kind of thing. And not only that, but I competed a lot in weightlifting and CrossFit in my 20s. And so now I'm kind of, you know, my early 30s. And I just, I'm like, I stopped competing in CrossFit and weightlifting because I got tired of working out multiple times a day and within a couple hour period. And jujitsu tournaments is the same exact thing. It's a couple matches within a couple hours in the same day. So I'm like, and it's, you know, it's just like a CrossFit competition. You're going to go balls to the wall in every match that you can. And just like every workout, you try to finish it as fast as possible, get as many reps or most weight. And so in my mind, I have that correlation to why I stopped competing in CrossFit. And I'm like, it just sounds like the same thing to me. So it doesn't, it doesn't sound attractive to me, but it also is because I'm, you know, I'm, to be honest, I'm nervous and scared to do it too. Because, like you mentioned, no one wants to lose in a combat sport, you know. Yeah, exactly. And just, it's just the way it is. I mean, like, I feel the same way. Like, um, you know, I competed for so long. I was competing all the time, like white belt, blue belt, purple belt. I was competing basically every month or every other month. And, and I was then I started competing MMA. And, uh, you know, that's super stressful, too. <laughs> way more stressful than uh, jiu-jitsu. And started competing in Muay Thai, too. And then, you know, it's been like 10 years of, like, competing. And before that, I competed in soccer. And, um, you know, I just, like, I don't want to put – I don't want to stress because you can only put – you only have so much mental energy, right? So Yeah. And physical energy, right? So you got to pick where you're going to put that energy, and it's got to have the best payoff. So competing, um, depending on where you are, are in life or your desires, it can have, like, zero payoff but so much um, – risk right risk yeah. of you feeling like shit because for me the payoff is just um you know just relief i'm never happy i won i'm just happy it's over so like <laughs> I, I guess i you know i'm happy i won in the sense that i'm happy i didn't lose but it's not like a yes i won it's more like a okay i can breathe now it's over and i yeah. don't want to have for a long time so um yeah it's uh you can i don't get why there's this like pressure for people to like compete all the time it's like uh you know, people, they kind of pressure me into it too. It's like, you know, go prove yourself. You know, you think you're good, go prove it. But um, just watch my YouTube channel videos. Like, isn't that enough? You know, anyone with a technical eye can tell I'm decent enough to teach jujitsu and just yeah. leave me alone. And like, uh, I'll compete <laughs> if I want, but I won't do it for someone else, um, which is yeah. important to me too. It almost like sometimes when people like, uh, they almost don't want to guilt trip me into it. It's like, I want to do it less. It's like, I want to like, uh, you know, make this person like even more frustrated you know because i'm not competing or whatever so yeah you know i just want to focus all my time to things i enjoy and uh i don't enjoy competing so you know i don't want to spend like eight to t more than that so what i would what i'm going to do if i do compete in mma or jiu-jitsu i'm going to spend like three or four months just getting my body into uh it's called general preparedness just like a good fitness level and then spend like eight weeks leading up to the like using a camp to actually get ready for that that match. So most people make the mistake they only they only prepare um, the eight weeks leading up to the tournament or a fight, 
they don't prepare before that. But you think about how much of a commitment that is. That's like a a, three, a four to five month commitment just to get ready for one fight or one tournament. And uh, it's just a lot. But, you know, if I'm going to do, if I'm going to compete, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I win, you know, so I'm going to, ha- I have to do those things. I'm not just going to do eight weeks and just hope I win. You know, like you got, if you want something enough in life, we want to win in whatever it is, you got to do absolutely everything you can, you can to get there. It's like a, like leave no stone unturned, which is what I've done with the YouTube channel too. It's like doing absolutely everything I can to, uh, to grow it. And, uh, yeah, same thing with, uh, you know, tournaments or whatever. It's like, I'm leaving nothing to chance. I, I want to beat someone so bad that they question why they ever thought they could beat me in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> like that's always my goal because that, that, that should be the goal. Right. And, um, yeah, but it, it's, yeah, it's hard. To, it's, 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 it's hard for sure. Yeah, I and you know one thing also uh, I forgot to mention too is our our, our instructor kind of mentioned it like I'm never going to be a world champ. I barely get to train two times a week as it is, and that you know that that sucks also because I feel like you mentioned if I were to compete, I would have to dedicate a lot more time into training, and with you know three kids, two of them that are toddlers, wife, full time job and stuff like that, it's hard to be able to consistently put in the the amount of work required to compete and do it at a level that I would be okay with. And not only that, but I have a 401k to worry about. I really don't want someone reaping my knee and blowing it out. And then, you know, I'm, I'm out of work or I have to go to the doctor or something like that. And that's another big factor that really makes me nervous is because, I mean, our buddy Derek, his last competition within the first 30 seconds, the, the guy like blew his knee out. The guy he was going against blew his knee out. And I was like, (laughs) Like, like these are two seasoned blue belts, and I'm like, I'm, I don't want really want anything to do with that. Once again, it could be a cop out. You know, John, will, John will put me in my place though one day. But uh, I don't know. I just think it's um interesting for someone to at least try it once, right? Yeah. I feel like um that's where you'll be like, damn, I really do know this. Yeah. Like you've been doing it so long, you'll see that. You know, going up against somebody that's giving it their all, you're gonna realize your reflexes are quick and it's ingrained, and you're never gonna you're never gonna get that at the gym. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think you should just because it's a life experience to do at least once. But uh, yeah, I definitely agree with you where it's like maybe something, some like uh, reasons you might tell yourself, you might feel at times that they're like excuses and just kind of like a cop out. But um, yeah, I got the same problem too. But I mean, you just got to do what you want and uh, yeah, sure. and just know what you want. If you don't want to, you don't, you don't have to. But definitely it's a cool, it's a cool life experience. Um, there's nothing quite like it. Other than, like I said, fighting MMA, it's just like the next level of like uh, nerves and and just experience for sure. Because like well, in jiu-jitsu too, it's just like it becomes so like you become so focused, so one on one with another person. It's like uh, you don't get that same experience anywhere else. So yeah, I think it's a really cool experience. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you a little bit of credit though, there, Jordan, because you mentioned that you have micro goals, but you have a hard time or you have macro goals, but you have a hard time focusing on micro goals. I completely disagree with you because your whole view on competing is a macro micro in a sense, you know what I mean? Because you have the macro goal of wanting to do good in competition, but you're setting these micro goals and putting things in place months ahead before in order to make sure that you achieve that goal. I think you do it. I just don't think that you focus you don't you don't you don't see it as that but to me from the outside looking in i think that's fully 100% the micro macro view of a goal like for those for those months leading up to that competition what are you doing to like give people at home like what your game plan is for those what preparation months yeah so like um 
I mean, I, I, I think I know what the procedure is to have success, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's like my goal either. But uh, yeah, I know what you mean. And you know what I would be doing, uh, you know, for me, this is like leave zero, zero uh, stones unturned. Like make sure you win. It's like, um, you know, make, cleaning up my diet, getting on the perfect, um, you know, the perfect diet plan to make sure that I can get to a healthy weight and sustain the amount of training. And then, you know, for me, I'm pretty like naturally just strong, but, uh, my cardio is naturally pretty, uh, poor. So like, <laughs> sounds like know, me. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, but and so there's different body types and some people have the opposite problem where they, their cardio is fine, but they're, they don't have um, great strength and some people don't have either one and that sucks. They got to work on that for sure. So, <laughs> you know, but yeah, I mean, but it's the same thing. It's like, you got to be self-critical and, and see these deficiencies and improve them. Right. So, you know, I'd be working my diet to get it better. I would start, uh, you know, I think twice a week of lifting is good. And then what I'm going to do for cardio is mostly, um, it's mostly like Airdyne bike is just like, uh, mm. like t- Tabata's on the Airdyne bike or like Kieran has a really good video, um, which I'm basically just going to follow that basically just like do Tabata's for like four minutes on four minutes off, like high, high heart rate. Like I like, Love I enjoy, yeah, I enjoy, um, slow and steady running. I, I do that, uh, too, to prepare for tournaments and stuff like that because it's good for like, um, basically improving your aerobic base, which everyone needs. Like, so your conditioning is like a pyramid. It's like this. Um, and then the most, like the base of the pyramid is your aerobic base. So, um, which is like how much, uh, energy your heart can basically create for you through through breathing so um which is very important so um you know a good thing to do is to work on your aerobic base for a couple months uh slow and steady runs and then start working on your uh what's it called uh vo2 max with uh, which is pretty similar in that sense but start working with like higher intensity and uh yeah that's what i would do and just i would hire probably um uh, for me, a personal trainer, just because I know, I know a lot already and, uh, I'm confident in my knowledge when it comes to that, but it's like, it's easier to follow a plan when someone's holding you accountable and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can really trust what they're doing and not ever have to question yourself. It's like, if you question yourself wondering, okay, do I need to do this extra workout in this week? Or maybe I don't want to, I won't do it. Right. But if it's like someone tells you, no, this is important. You got to do all this you're going to do it. Right. So, um, you know, that's what I'd be doing in terms of like physicality and, uh, to get my, my body ready. And then, uh, mentally, um, I don't know what I'd be doing in, in that sense because I never really done anything, uh, to improve, you know, my mental aspect of it. But I think that would be a good thing to uh, talk to like a sports psychologist because, you know, my mind's already messed up. Like, uh, I just like a weird way of thinking of a little bit of a weird, um, guy just in general. Right. So, uh, you know, I think that I have a very hard time when it comes to, um, the mental aspect of, uh, of, uh, competing and all that stuff. So I'm not the person to give advice on that because yeah, I'm a bit of a head case just in general. Well, I think, I think everything that you mentioned when it comes to prepping it, one of the biggest takeaways I see in it is a support system in in accomplishing these goals. Like it's if if you're setting a goal, right, and you know that you want to win a competition or whatever, you should probably have, you know, someone outside of yourself holding you accountable for it, right? Like you mentioned, a strength and conditioning coach, maybe a, a sports psychologist, right? Someone that's helping guide you to that that end goal of of you know winning. Um, because I feel like as 
even as a father, I'm sure we all can agree, right? The support from our wives makes everything so much easier when it comes to achieving something, whether it's in our extracurricular activities, whether it's work or shit, just doing the dishes around the house or recording a podcast. And, you know, the support system around that is is great. And I think people should really look at that when it comes to uh, achieving their, their, I keep, I mean, Take a shot every time we say the word goal in this this <laughs> podcast. But with achieving what you want, right? You should have that support system. It's kind of like what Billy talked about in one of our episodes, telling, and we mentioned it too, telling someone because now they are going to hold you accountable for that, right? Like, how important is that to you, John? Do you do you do that? That's great. Yeah, it's like uh, when I was being a sack of shit a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't want to yeah. go to class, right? Like I wasn't going. I was totally not motivated. And Travis is like, I'll drive you. You're being lazy. Go to class. I was like, all right. Yeah. Like, I mean, but I wouldn't have went, right? It's just having somebody else that's going to be like, hey, you're, you know, you're being a piece of shit. You need to go to class. Yeah. This is why you're getting fat and you're unmotivated because you're not going to class. Let's yeah, go. I think that, you know? I think that is important. I think a really uh, clear example is like the fact that I've had Nikki, my wife, since uh, she's been my partner since I was, I was literally 12 years old. She was 13. So you know, I've gone through my whole life not having to worry about, um, you know, getting a girlfriend or getting laid or anything like that. It's like, you know, I have like Nikki. So like, I've always had a partner to, you know, rely upon and be able to help me and, you know, just go through life together as a life partner. So that's actually helped me like so much and helped me be able to achieve my goals because so much now it's like Nikki really understands. And we kind of have this agreement um, where she does a lot of the stuff like kind of around the house because, you know, she's a kind of a stay at home mom in that sense of like, uh, she doesn't have a job she goes to, but she does manage the gym, but she kind of just lets me um, do my thing and not have to worry about, uh, you know, this and that because I can, because we kind of both understand I need to focus my energy um, to make us both money. So, um, you know, I think that, yeah, having a partner um, like a wife or, uh, you know, or a boyfriend if you're, um, you know, gay or whatever, or if you're a girl, you have a husband or whatever, <laughs> you know, I think that really uh, is so beneficial. But if you don't have that, then definitely a friend helps so much to have someone to rely upon. I know I talk to Travis all the time. I complain to you, you know, about like, oh, my feelings are hurt. <laughs> you know, this person said this or whatever. So, you know, that definitely helps me. So like, um, I think, uh, yeah, support system is so crucial. And if someone doesn't have, you know, a friend to rely upon, then uh, I recommend they make friends. And which is like, you know, usually through the gym, you just gotta, you know, get to know people more and uh, yeah, make some friends and make make life easier for yourself and rely rely uh you know on each other more because i'm sure it's, you know it's easier for you guys to do the podcast having each other to be like okay we got to get the next episode out or whatever if it was just one of you it'd be so much easier to be like um nah i don't really feel like it which helps me too having joey and mike for my podcast because you know i told them like um you know we're gonna be you know the number one podcast for jujitsu and we're gonna like you know do, make money through sponsorships and stuff like that and then if i just kind of get half acid and uh can't get these things done that I kind of promised them, um, you know, then I feel like a, a loser, right? So I need to do these things for them too. Um, so it kind of motivates me to, you know, succeed and do well. And because I have other people relying on me, same, you know, same thing, you know, the same thing with like Nikki and my family. It's like, again, this is the only thing I do for money. I teach jujitsu, that's it. So, you know, teaching jujitsu in person at the gym, but teaching jujitsu online. So, um, you know, it's really important that, uh, you know, I keep doing that and that I do a good job of it for sure. Do you feel that should, should people, if they have like these, what, you know, mainstream society would say is like radical goals of like being a full-time YouTuber or, you know, making a, a living 
uh, or achieving a, something that is kind of outside of cultural norms in a sense, do you feel like they should go all in on it or should they kind of kind of like dip their toes in it or how do you approach that? Cause the reason I think of this is cause Travis Barker talks about the reason when he was younger, he got his throat tattooed is because, or his hands, it was either his throat or his hands. The reason he got it tattooed is because it was his all going all in on music. He's like, well now I'm heavily tattooed. So now I can't really get a day job. So I have to succeed at music. Do you feel people should, how do, how do you people feel people should look at goals like that? Uh, I think it depends. And did we talk on the last podcast about like the burning the ships kind of um, thing or no? No, Probably I don't not think so. That. So this, this is what I did with the YouTube channel and kind of my mentality just in general is like uh, burn the ships. So in, uh, I don't know, back in the day, 1500s, 1600s, I don't know exactly, but uh, settlers from, I think Spain came to North America and the, uh, they worried about that. They're like the captain worried that people want to go home. Right. So, uh, and not fight the indigenous, which bad don't, you know, they shouldn't have done that, but like, you know, they, <laughs> you know, but they worried that their people want to go home and kind of abandon uh, the mission. Right. So what they did was they burned the ships. So now it's like, you have no choice either, you know, you fight the aboriginals or they're going to kill you or whatever it is. I don't know the exact history. So, you know, but it's like motivation to um, succeed because you have no other options. So, you know, I did the same thing with the YouTube channel, not nearly as, you know, extreme, but like in the sense that you know, I spent like $10,000 on equipment and I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I succeed and meet my, I've reached my goals. Otherwise I just spent $10,000 on all this crap that I'm not going to use. And you know, it's going to be kind of embarrassing and I'd much rather have the story, to t the story to tell that I actually achieved it, that, you know, I put this $10,000 out and I achieved my goals. So I think that's a really fun story I can tell now because I did that where it's, you know, if I would have failed my goals, I wouldn't be able to do that. So but I think it depends too, because you have people like, you know, lower belts uh, that aren't aren't going to be world champions just the fact that you're not going to be world champions but they still might you know give up on things in life that maybe they shouldn't have because they want to pursue pursue jujitsu so much and uh it kind of can it can be a negative on them so i see people mm -hmm. on reddit or whatever it's like uh they're trying to do you know compete jujitsu full-time and it's like uh I had the same mentality. I was a blue belt. It was like, you know, I'll be the exception. You know, I can compete and uh, do do this and that, and I'll be fine. I can devote all my time to that. But it's like, no, most people aren't going to do that. And uh, most people, you're just going to screw yourself. And we could have, you know, done so many better things for you uh, in your life if you directed your energy elsewhere. So, yeah, we never, you know, recommend someone go all in unless um, unless they have that, like, type a personality or it's like you're going to make it happen which you know i think it's really benefited me in a lot of sense that i do have like a type a personality it's where i want to be like you know win 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 and make do everything i can to uh succeed so yeah but you don't want to do that unless you uh unless you can uh unless you unless you can do it but like in most like anyone can do uh a lot of things in life like there's so many skills you can obtain that anyone can so, but like i think jujitsu is a harder one because the physicality matters where it's like um you know drumming like uh travis barker you it helps to be athletic i think for sure because you can hit it harder and be a little faster but like non-athletes can definitely get good at drums where it's like definitely harder in jujitsu and then you know depending on what you're trying to do uh you know so many different things factor in so i think people should adopt that mentality but only if it's like a smart and calculated decision and they're gonna um they're gonna make sure that they reach their goals otherwise yeah you got to be very careful doing that kind of stuff when it comes to your students 
you might you might hurt some feelings on this one. But when do your co- when your students come to you with their goals, seeking advice or a kind of like a support system in you? How how do you approach it? Do you you know if if they say, "Hey, I want to be a world champ," and you're like. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Do you? How do you break it to them, or do you just be there as a support system for them and hope for the best? Yeah. So, like, my gym is mostly like, um, I, I love my gym, but it's mostly like recreational people that don't really have those kind of aspirations. Like, we have some people that are, you know, into competing and stuff like that. But like overall, um, yeah, we're mostly like a little more recreational, which which I like. I like it that way. But um, yeah, I don't really run into that a lot. We do have one kid. He's third. No. 14 now and he could definitely be a world champion so you know i told him i told him like you have the potential to be a world champion it's like whether or not you become one that is on you so like you putting in the time and uh doing everything you can to obtain that that's going to be on you but you have the potential so like you don't want to waste that but like you maybe he does i don't know like he loves jujitsu so he probably doesn't want to waste his potential but you know some people have the potential but it doesn't necessarily mean that's that's what they want to do so for my, myself for example too like i think i do have the potential to be a world champion and you know get to the ufc if i want to uh you know pursue fighting again but that's not what i want to do so i don't mind really wasting the potential so much but uh yeah you know yeah that that like that was my advice to him it's like uh you know don't waste your potential you're so young you keep getting better John, you got anything else, man? Yeah, I would say don't get um, goals and New Year's resolutions confused at this time of year. I feel like uh, a lot of people are going to come in, all right, the new year, and they're going to set these new resolutions. Or I don't know about you guys. Anytime I do that, I've never once followed through on a resolution. Agreed. I feel like a goal is something you can write down and you can really quantify it and you can really see if you're going to meet those goals. But I would say pick some small goals to start, something that you can definitely achieve and to build up that confidence. Yeah, you know, one thing too, like we talked about writing it down. I think that can be good for some people. But I think the thing is too, it's like if you want something enough, you know you want it. And so you don't need to write it down. So I think that's important too. It's like you got to ask yourself how bad you really want the goals you want. And if you really want them, it shouldn't even, you don't even need to ask yourself that. So like, yeah, you know, like I, I, it's clear what I want in the sense of my macro goal is just to be successful. But so like I don't need to write that part down. So yeah, you know, I think uh, people should try to, I guess, uh, you know, I don't know, be passionate about the things they want to be passionate about. And really, if they're going to do it, do it. And But if they're not going to, then kind of just chill and relax about the whole thing. And don't put too many expectations. And uh, yeah, make it, make it harder for yourself because jiu-jitsu should be fun. I said that in one of my videos too. It's like jiu-jitsu should be fun. Like stop stop like worrying and making all these issues. Right. But um, again, I'm older and wiser now. I understand that. But so I can see where people are coming from. But yeah, I wish they would kind of listen to their elders of like the black belts that have been through it all. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, as kids, we didn't want to listen to our parents, and when we got over, like, damn it, they were right. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, no doubt. Yeah, no one on Reddit will listen to you though. That they're they're all smart. <laughs> Don't get me started on Reddit. Don't get me started. I could rant forever. They're uh, yeah, they're an interesting type for sure. We'll, we'll have to do a whole another episode on just like the 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 ups and downs of Reddit. Like, <laughs> yeah, we so, could do a whole episode on the ups and downs of my mood, even just like. Uh, <laughs> All this stuff I tell talk to you about. Yeah, right. So, hey, Jordan, I just want to say thank you so much, man, for coming on the show again today. This was a, a great conversation. I think people are going to find a ton of value in what you have to say, even, even if it doesn't perfectly match the way that they achieve what they want. I think it's it's a good 
I think we cover a lot of things in this conversation that most people don't don't think about. You know, I think I think we hear a lot of these like motivational speakers spit the same stuff over and over again. And I think we did. I think you covered a great topic of a different way to look at it, man. So thank you so much for coming on the show. If people want to follow you and stuff like that, you want to throw your socials and, and whatnot out there. What you what projects you have coming up? Yeah, you know, they can just search Jordan Teach Jiu Jitsu, whatever. Um, that's basically it. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And uh, yeah, that's it. I was gonna make a joke. I was gonna make a joke of just about you know. I just think I still think it's funny about the the last time about being a half hour into (laughs) not sure about uh, yeah about me or whatever. Yeah, because the thing is, I always wonder how I come across to people because I think I do can have somewhat of extreme uh, things I say, I guess. So I'm like, I'm always wondering. Okay, no, it's fine. It's like people aren't thinking I'm weird or whatever. I was like, no shit, they did think I'm weird. It's all right. It happens. Hey, but like you said, you were it was your second podcast. You know, it's like it's. Uh, I th- I think also when you first get to know people, you don't know no. them. I I mean, we like we we talked before our first interview. We talked on the the inter- internet for like I don't know a week or so before you came on the show, right? Like, so it's it's hard to gauge who a person is or through their personality. But when you sh- talk to them for such a short time, but I mean, I wouldn't have had it any other way, man. I think it made great content. Or like, got a good friendship out of it, and you know, here we are again. So don't don't take it like it wasn't a bad thing. I promise. Oh, you. no, no, yeah. I don't want you guys <laughs> to think that I actually like uh, am mad or anything about it. It's like more like tongue in cheek, just kind of like yeah. fun at it because I do think it's interesting. Um, not to keep dragging the podcast on, but like I do think it's interesting that people will form opinions on you so easily and so quickly and without getting to know you completely, which I think is like an interesting thing for us because you guys did get to know me more during the podcast, which is okay. Maybe my first impression wasn't right. And, uh, you know, which actually makes me feel a little bit better when sometimes people post like something dumb on YouTube. It's like, okay, um, you just don't, haven't gotten to know me yet. You don't know how, you know, yeah. you don't really have the full context, full picture. And uh, so it's fine. So yeah, thank you guys for kind of exposing that part of it. So yeah, I appreciate it. Hey, no problem at all, man. And for people at home that think Jordan's just in this for the money, I talk to him pretty much daily. He is 100% about the money. Don't let, no, <laughs> no, he's, he's, he is a very genuine person. And every, every day that we talk, he's always talking about how he just wants to be a better person, improve everything to help people out. And it's, it's what you see in his YouTube channel is not fake. What you hear him talk about is not fake because even, but even when we're not, recording it jordan is the same person he's a he's a fantastic person so just throwing that out there if people people want to hate on the internet especially reddit jordan jordan ain't fake so but appreciate that yeah and just one thing yeah just because you mentioned it um of course yeah not about the money but uh like i do it all because i like i enjoy i don't make it enough uh, i don't make as much money as i should so that's a little bit frustrating thing for how well the youtube channel is doing i think i should make more money but um (laughs) You know, it's all right. It's it's the way she goes. But um, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, you know, trying to make money when that's like literally your right. job, right? My job right. is to teach jujitsu. So yeah, I'm trying to make money, but I'm not doing as good of a job at it as I should. So I got to keep working on that. So yeah, it's same, all right. same here, Jordan. You got same three here. years. Three years. <laughs> so, exactly. Hey, three more years. Thank you everyone for it. listening and watching at home. Uh, John, you got anything else? Nope. Thank you. All right, guys. Remember, no oil checks here. Oops. All right, guys. Peace. Peace.